Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermon. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Good morning, y'all. Yeah, so good to see all you guys here today. Uh, listen, real quick, uh, just for the sake of time, uh, we have a special guest speaker with us today. This is my brother and my friend, Jacob Hancock. I had the great privilege to meet Jacob through his parents, Britt and Audrey Hancock. Many of you guys know them. I guess wow, 13 years ago, I know Jacob was 17, and, and he was still taller than me then. But uh, anyways, so I've seen Jacob over the years. Obviously, he's a missionary, you know, works with Mountain Gateway. That Here's this young boy that grew up on the mission field, going basically to huts and jungles, working with the Nahuatl Indians, and to see him grow and, and to really to be a, all the way I know how to describe really is Jacob is, a 29-year-old man that has like, he's like 70 in the spirit. He's like an old man. Right, like, like he's mature in the Lord, and I respect him highly. And so, you know, not only for just who he is and his character and all that, but also the responsibility that he carries. If you know anything about Mountain Gateway, you know they've been here quite a bit. But this is the guy that oversees all the work that's in Mexico, all the work that's in Nicaragua, uh, the coffee farm. I mean, this dude has got a truckload of responsibility on his shoulders, and he manages it. He's a great leader, powerful man of God. So anyways, just if you can, open up your heart. And I know he feels very awkward I'm saying all that. Uh, Uh, But welcome, Mr. Jacob Hancock. Hey, good morning, good morning. How are we doing? All right, man. Second service, you know, this is great. I usually preach one time, you know. Uh, (laughs) Or I'll preach multiple times a day, but just in different places. Because a lot of times in, in services or where we work in the villages, like we'll go to one service and the next and the next and the next, you know. So... Like uh, PQ said, my name is Jacob Hancock, and um, I oversee all things missions with Mountain Gateway, and God is doing incredible, incredible things in Mexico, in Nicaragua, and God is asking us to go even into other nations as well. Um, We get to oversee and help train also the new missionaries that are being sent to us, so that's super exciting. Uh, I get to help train one of your own, actually, and his name is Ethan Murray, who here loves Ethan. Yeah, yeah. Ethan is amazing. He's doing amazing at learning Spanish. I'm pretty sure he's he's fluent already, and he, he was not fluent in, like, preaching the gospel already, you know? I mean, he was just, everybody who was breathing, he was preaching the gospel to. I love his passion. I love his zeal for the Lord. I cannot wait to labor alongside of him on the mission field. And thank all of you for loving him so well and keep doing it because he's about to, like, get launched. He's about to get launched. Amen? Isn't that awesome? So I want to give you, uh, I want to show you guys some pictures and talk a little bit about Mexico and Nicaragua and what God is doing there because you guys have actually been a part of that. So this year we just celebrated a 20-year anniversary of being in Quetzalan, Mexico. That's where I grew up. That's the work that my parents pioneered or our family pioneered. And now I oversee that work. And we celebrated 20 years. And we got to gather everybody together for an amazing uh, celebration service. And there was about 500 plus people there. And uh, it just was an amazing, amazing time. It was incredible seeing how we started with literally nothing. Like we, the, in this area when, where we went, there was like no gospel at all. 
You know, it is extremely dark, so much witchcraft. They literally worship death. Um, and God is coming in with his light, and his kingdom is being established. And so to see all of these people who were lost, broken, in desperate need of Jesus, to see them come together and worship Jesus, it was really amazing. And we're actually like, like the vision is not stopping here. It's like, okay, we're going. We're, we're going to expand. We're going into new counties. We're going into new areas of the mountains because there are thousands of people that don't know Jesus. And they need to hear his name. They need to hear him. They need to hear the gospel and receive salvation and be transformed and discipled. And that is such a huge reason why Mountain Gateway does the Mountain Gateway Academy. And we bring people here actually to Maine. And you guys get to see them. And PQ gets to pour into them, right? And, and you guys get to love them. And you guys get to see the focus that we have on, on calling workers, training them up, and sending them out. Because there are thousands, millions, billions, actually, of people who don't know the gospel. They don't know Jesus. And I believe that there are some people in here today that are going to be sent out to all the world to preach the gospel and make disciples. Amen? So we do big stuff, but the core of what we do is life-on-life discipleship. We go into houses. That's a very typical church service for us, you know, sitting on the porch of a house. Those are our churches, you know, a lot of times. You know, people just put up a tarp. They sit outside. This is Nicaragua. See that mud wall right there? The men in the white shirt, he made that. He formed those adobe bricks himself. He dug it from the ground. He put it in forms. He dried it, and he built that church, and we're about to put a roof on it. In Jesus' name. His family donated the land for the gospel. It's amazing to see whenever you start small and you, and you think, you know, you start small in and, and, and a work that God does, it, it starts as small as a mustard seed, right? Where it starts as small as yeast, but then as it grows and the Holy Spirit breathes on it, it begins to grow and it begins to, to fill the earth, right? It begins to impact your whole region, right? And that's what's happening in Nicaragua. You know, we start, we go out into these villages, we go house to house, we sit down with people, we disciple them, and then things just grow, and they grow, and then it gets really big in Jesus' name. We don't want things to stay small, amen? Right? Because if things stay small, then that means the kingdom's not expanding. Amen? So we want volume. We want people, right? But we don't want numbers for numbers' sake. We don't want just buildings full of people that are about this deep in the spirit, right? We want people that are deep in the spirit. That We want people that are full of life and, and are discipled and are surrendered to the Lord. Amen? And so we go out into all the world. And we preach the gospel and we disciple people. And another thing that the Lord is doing is we, like, we, we do something really small, but the Lord is asking us now to do mass evangelistic campaigns where we're having 75,000, 85,000 people show up. And they're hearing the gospel and they're getting saved. They're receiving healing in their bodies. I got to see a, a little boy. An usher brought this little boy up to me, and he was like, hey, this, this little boy, he can't see. And I, and I did the test. You know, I was like, how many fingers am I holding? He was like, three. I'm like, are you sure? How many? And I was like, this close, you know. And he was like, I can't see. I can't see anything. And I was like, okay. So I put my hands on him, and I prayed. Simple prayer. God, please open up this little boy's eyes. Please heal him in Jesus' name. And I took my hands off of his eyes, and I said, how many fingers am I holding up? He's like, five. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, 
how many fingers am I holding up? He's like, five. I'm like, you can see? He's like, yeah, everything's clear. And I'm like, come on, Jesus, amen. Right, that was super cool. That was really awesome to see, you know, obviously. And then, uh, you know, I'm putting hands on people, and they're like, I got a hernia. And they're, you know, their hernia is bulging out. And so we're like, put your hand on it, and we're going to pray for it. And they put their hand on it, and we pray for it, and they're like, it doesn't hurt anymore, but it's still there. Okay, let's pray again. We pray again, and it just goes back inside of them. And they're like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. And they're freaking out. And there's certain other people, they're like walking like this, you know, and God's like straightening their legs out. Their hips are getting healed. Their legs are growing out. They're, they're throwing their, their wheelchairs out. They're, like, walking up on stage. You know, look at this guy. He had crutches, and he's, like, running around. They're crying. Like, people, like, their cancer's getting healed. We get, like, we're getting all sorts of, uh, like, uh, x-rays and scans, and we would have other people from other crusades come to another one to tell the testimony about what God was doing. I mean, every class of miracle pretty much is happening. There is revival happening in Nicaragua. Amen. Isn't that awesome? And so we're not just doing crusades inside of like one single denomination, but there's the unity of the body of Christ is incredible. Like, like the, the body of Christ is coming together in unity. Multiple denominations are coming together. Whether like Baptists, Assemblies of God, Church of God, the Pentecostals, like everybody is together, sitting together in the same conference going, we're putting aside our petty differences. And we're going to go after Jesus. And we want Jesus to touch our nation. Because Nicaragua has been undergoing a lot of suffering recently. There's a lot of stuff that's happening in Nicaragua. Oh, man. Before, they were super arrogant. And now they're like, we need Jesus. And we're going, and there's 85,000 people that are just desperate for God. The whole nation is hungry for God. And now whenever we go house to house and we're, we're evangelizing, you know what? Like before they were like, yeah, you know, now we're having, like uh, in two days we went house to house and over 200 decisions were made for Christ. There is a hunger stirring up inside of the people of Nicaragua. And it is really amazing. Because the spiritual atmosphere is being shaken. It's being shaken. And I want to show you this video, and I hope it stirs something inside of you. You notice the band is not singing. This is 75,000 people. They took over worship. never forget this moment. Jesus, Jesus, from Nicaragua, desde Nicaragua, we lift up your praise, exaltamos a tu nombre, and we cry out, y clamamos a ti, pour out your spirit in Nicaragua, derrama de tu espíritu sobre Nicaragua, pour out Derrama de tu espíritu across this nation sobre toda esta nación in Jesus name en el nombre de Jesús Amen 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 Man the Holy Spirit is moving all across the earth He's moving and he's moving here too He's moving here too and Jesus is jealous 
for his bride to be purified, to be pure and spotless. He wants all of us to run after him with all that we are. Can everybody stand to their feet? Can everybody just close their eyes? Everybody lift their hands and let's focus on Jesus in this moment. Because he is good. And he's here. Let's just all recognize his presence. Let's all recognize that he's here. Jesus, your word says that where two or three are gathered in your name, that you are in the midst of us. So Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fill us. Open our minds. Touch our hearts, Jesus. Stir us, Lord Jesus. Stir us to to love you. Stir us to give up everything for you, Lord. Open our eyes, Lord Jesus, to see. Open our ears to hear. Holy Spirit of God, come. Jesus, I ask that I would say only what you want me to say to these people in this room. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would open their ears and I ask that you would touch their minds so that they may understand. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Who here feels Jesus, the Holy Spirit? Yeah? Me too. Isn't that the best? We serve a God that's not dead. We serve a God who's alive. He's living. He's active. He's in us. He's amongst us. We are his temple. His spirit is flowing in us, around us, and through us. And this is where we come and experience him so that we can impact the world. Amen? I want to talk about that. I want to talk about impacting the world. I want to talk about impacting not just your region, but the nations. Because that's what the Lord has for this church. I know that the Holy Spirit has sent me on an assignment here, not just to say thank you, not just to thank you for everything that you've done and everything that you've sowed into Nicaragua, because you guys have sowed into Nicaragua. You guys are a part of what is happening. Whenever I first moved there in 2017, Anchor Church was the first church to like sow directly into that work. And so you guys are still doing it, and you guys are going to reap a reward of what's happening. You reap what you sow, so thank you. But I want to say, we need to have our perspective go out. We can't just think about Jerusalem. We also have to think about Samaria, and we have to think about the uttermost parts of the earth. And there are people here in this church that are going to be sent out to the uttermost parts of the earth. And I pray in Jesus' name that your heart will begin to burn and won't stop burning until you do something about that call on your life to go into the uttermost parts of the earth. The past couple of weeks, you guys have been talking about what? What is what is what has Pastor Quentin been teaching about? Love. Three weeks ago, he began talking about how God loves us, right? That's really amazing. That's really important. It's vitally important that we understand the depth of the love of God for us. Because if we don't understand the pure, unadulterated love of Jesus for us, there's no way that we can actually impact the world around us. 
There's no way. That is the beginning point. The love of Jesus is so pure. It's so, so all-consuming. He came and He was thinking about us. He was thinking about me whenever He was on that cross, right? And he's like, I want Jacob. I want Jacob. I want to redeem him by my blood. I want him to have life and life abundantly. I want him. I want to redeem him. And he's doing that same thing for all of you. And then last week, he's, Pastor Quint was talking about how we have to love ourselves, right? He's like, yeah, Jesus loves me, but I'm just a wretched, horrible person, right? I don't love myself, right? That's not from God. If you have those thoughts towards yourself, that is not from the Lord. That is from the enemy, and he wants to keep you under bondage. He wants to keep you under his thumb. Because the word of God says that we can't love our neighbor well unless we love ourselves, right? Let's read that. Matthew twenty-two thirty-six 36. says, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Amen? We know that we cannot love our neighbor unless we love ourselves. We know that we can't love God, right, until we, we have to love God, we have to love our neighbor, we have to love ourselves, and we have to receive the love that God pours out on us, right? The love of God is all-consuming. When it comes into us, we can't help but love others. Amen? And so I'm talking about today how we have to love the world, we have to love, you have to love your neighbors. You have to love those who are around you. You have to love the earth, right? Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. John 3.16, right? Everybody knows that verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loves the world. Jesus, come on, Lord. Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. There's a connection between receiving the love of God and crucifying ourselves, right? Does everybody see that? I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. My dad talks about something. He talks about how the love of God is all about me, to me, for me. It's like all-consuming for me. It's directed to me, right? But it's for others. There's this reciprocal relationship of the love of God that whenever we receive the love of God and we give the love of God back to him, right? So in worship, we're feeling his presence. We feel loved, right? We're, we're, we're so focused on him. Like, that's what we were doing today, right? In worship, we were giving love to God. We were saying, Jesus, we love you. I'm receiving the love that you poured out for me, right? Like, we were just, like, going for it. Like, blood applied. Yes, oh, my goodness. You know, like, we're just going after it. And we're loving Jesus, 
We're pouring out our love on him. But when that happens, when this reciprocal relationship happens, all of a sudden our, our language begins to change. At least for me, all of, a sudden, all of a sudden I go, God, I love you so much. You love me so much. This is incredible. But now, Lord, help me love others. Lord, I just want to give my life for you. I, I just want to do what you want me to do, right? That's how it should be. That's how our relationship with God should be. That we're so all consumed and so affirmed and so secure in our identity as sons and daughters that we're not so all consumed with this internal world and like, oh my gosh, I don't know if God loves me and I don't know this and I don't know that. But we actually are so secure, God loves me. Now I'm going to go forward and I'm going to love others. Amen? John 15, 13 says, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Pure love turns into a life laid down. A life laid down for Jesus. A life laid down for others. A life laid down for our neighbors, for our friends, even our enemies. A life laid down for Jesus. Because we go and we can see pictures, you know, videos like this, and we see incredible multitudes, and it's like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. You know, that would be awesome. I want to be a part of something like that. Or, man, I want something, I want that type of thing to happen in Maine. Who would love to see revival come to Maine? Amen? But guys, listen, it's going to require not just one or two of you. It's going to require this body to lay your life down and say, Jesus, I give place to you. I'm laying my life down and surrender to you. So we talked about how we're supposed to love our neighbor, right? But Jesus said in John 13, he said, there's a new commandment I'm going to give you. And what is that new commandment? Does anybody know what it is? Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. <laughs> How did Jesus love us? Totally. Unto what? Unto death. Jesus loved us unto death. He loved us so completely. He gave his life. He shed his blood for us so that we may have life. And life more abundantly. We love that verse, right? Who loves that verse? That he came to give us life and life more abundantly. I love that verse, right? I'm like, yes. Yes. I want life. I want peace. I want joy. I want abundance. I want all this stuff. He came for that. He came to do that. But he also came and he told us and he said, you're going to have to take up your cross every single day and you're going to have to follow me. You're going to have to take up an instrument of torture every single day and follow me. You're going to have to crucify your flesh. You're going to have to say no to your desires. You're going to have to say no to your dreams. You're going to have to say no to what you want to do. You're going to have to say no to your comfort. You're going to have to say no sometimes to your boundaries that you put up that weren't from the Lord. Amen? No one likes to die. Death isn't fun, but it's super necessary. Amen? It's required. Who here wants to, like, have abundance and, like, everything that you do to be multiplied? Yeah? Oh, man, I do. 
Let's see what's required for that to happen. John 12, 23 through 26 says, Jesus replied, Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Amen? Again, who wants multiplication? Not very many of you. Can I say, raise them high. Come on, I want to see. Yeah, there we go. All right. For multiplication to happen, what has to happen? Death. Death. And so we actually have to surrender ourselves into the hands of Jesus and say, Lord, I surrender. Please plant me. Who here has prayed the prayer, God, use me. I want, to, I want to serve you, Lord. And then stuff starts to happen, right? Difficult things begin to happen. And we're like, well, I didn't think it was going to be like this. Why is it so hard? You're undergoing a process of death. Your flesh being crucified, being nailed to a cross. And it's difficult. It's hard. It's painful. It goes against our desires. It goes against what we want. What our flesh wants. It's not comfortable to be uncomfortable, right? It's not comfortable to die. It's not comfortable to to say no to things that we feel like we deserve, right? That's not comfortable. But Jesus is asking us to die. He's asking us to give up. What's happening in Nicaragua, even in Mexico, everything that's happening, it, it is not possible in my own strength in my dad's own strength. It's not even possible with a lot of money. It's not possible with an enormous workforce. It's not possible. Only the Spirit of God can do it. Only the Spirit of God can do it. We have endeavored to surrender everything to the Lord. To say, Jesus, you have everything. We will do anything you ask us to do. I'll be honest, we're not crusade people typically. These big meetings, we're, we're like, we're, we're sit at your house. We're like, go hike in the jungle and find one person. We will go for one person, right? We like life-on-life discipleship. That's who, that's who we are, right? I would criticize crusades. They don't work, right? And then Jesus spoke to my dad, who's also not a huge crusade guy, and he said, you're supposed to do crusades in every single part and section and corner of this country, we're doing 17 just this year and 13 the year after that, just in the nation of Nicaragua. And I'm like, what are we doing? It's like, yeah, we're going to do this. Okay, all right. And my mind is opened to what God can do because it is a tool to impact an entire nation. If we want to see fruit, we have to give up everything to Jesus. We have to die. If we want to impact the world, we have to say, Jesus, I'm in your hands, please. I surrender everything to you. Everybody knows the story of the rich young ruler, right? Okay, the rich young ruler, 
He wanted to do, he was like, God, I'll follow you. Jesus, I'll follow you. I'll do anything for you. I got all of these things lined up. I'm like, I'm legit, right? Jesus looks at him. He loves him. But because of his all-knowing nature, he knew there's something on the throne of his heart, the throne of his life that is above me. And I'm going to see if he's willing to cast that down and put me on the throne of his life. What did Jesus ask him to do? Sell it all. Give everything up and follow me. Counter that with Zacchaeus, right? Jesus didn't ask that of Zacchaeus, but Zacchaeus was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it all, right? The point isn't we have to be poor. The point isn't that we have to to follow Jesus. We have to sell all of our belongings or anything like that, right? But it is what's keeping me from total surrender? What's keeping me from total obedience? Sometimes the very blessings that God gives us, that he gives us as his sons and daughters, we go, oh, that's mine. He gave it to me. And then he goes, hey, wait a minute. That's taking priority in your life. I actually want to see if you'll give that up. Okay, in my personal life, I grew up on the mission field, rented forever, right? Traveled all over the place. Jesus gifted me and my family a home, a house. It's like, here you go. And we're like, what? This is awesome. We don't have to live in a fifth wheel RV anymore, right? This is great, you know? And for a year, 2021, we got to live in that house and we got to take trips, right? And we got to go to the awesome grocery store, eat the food we want. You know, we don't have to, like, we have air conditioning. We feel safe. We, there's a park. You know, all that stuff. The things that aren't in a mission field, right? Where I grew up, where I, have my, where, where I bring my family, my two little kids, right? And then all of a sudden, the Lord starts to touch my heart and say, like, hey, um, COVID stuff's kind of dying down. You're supposed to go back. Like, no, 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 I really like this. This is really awesome. I, this is comfortable. My wife is happy, you know. Like, I mean, she's happy anyway, but like, this is comfortable for her. This is comfortable for me. I like this. I feel like we could do this for a long time, Jesus. Why would you give me this house just to take it away from me? And I realized, oh, man, I'm putting, I'm putting something that he gave me on the throne of my life. And I would verbally say, even though I didn't feel, I would say, Jesus, I will give up my house to you. I will give up my home to you. I give it to you, Lord Jesus. I will go anywhere, and I will do anything for you. Even though I didn't feel that in my heart. I said, I will go anywhere, and I will do anything. I want to encourage you guys that even though you may not feel it inside, whenever you begin to say to Jesus, I will go anywhere. I will do anything for you because I love you. You know what begins to happen? Your heart begins to change. Your mind begins to change. All of a sudden you go like, oh, oh man, okay, I can give this up. Because he becomes our priority. Amen? A lot of times we go like, how in the world can we do that? How can we give up everything? How can I say no 
How can I say no to my career? How can I say no to pressures around me? How can I say no to my dreams and my desires, right? I think there's a false thing out there that Jesus just wants you to accomplish your dream. What's your dream? What's your dream? I don't see that anywhere in the Bible. I see total surrender. What does Jesus want me to do? Obedience unto death. That's what I see. It's very clear in the Word of God. When everything is about me and my enjoyment and my prosperity and my happiness, and it's not about the glory of Jesus and his name, there's something off. Amen? Jesus wants us to give everything up to him. And he wants everybody in this room to give up everything for Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you that God has something incredible in store for this church. And when I say this church, I don't mean this building, obviously. I mean the people here. God is jealous for this region to come to him. God is jealous for this region to come to him. And this, and this region isn't going to come to him just by how awesome PQ preaches. It's going to come from whenever all of you receive what he is saying, apply it to your life and say, I'm going to to be launched into the harvest field by the, by the Lord of the harvest, which is Jesus, and impact the world for him. But I don't, I'm, not, I'm not prepared. I can't preach as good as PQ. I don't have all the theology down. I'm not sure how to do this. I don't even know how to give up. Ephesians 3.20 says, talks about this. It says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Who would like that? Infinitely more. We like that. Now glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us. Okay? So the mighty power that's at work within us is what actually causes us to see and experience and receive more than we can ask or think. Romans 5, 5 says, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Okay? Who here is born again? Raise your hand. You all have the Holy Spirit in your heart. You have love. He has made his home in you. And that Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, is inside of you. And whenever you give up, and you stop trying to do things in your own power, and you say, Jesus, guide me. Jesus, I'm going to obey you. Jesus, show me where I'm supposed to go. Show me what job I'm supposed to have. Jesus, I will obey you no matter what. He begins to do things that you couldn't even strategize, that you couldn't plan. He's going to do things that aren't inside of your five-year plan. He's going to do things beyond what you could ask or imagine. What's happening in Nicaragua is beyond what I could have imagined. And it happened so quickly. And it was like, what in the world? I like to strategize things, and I like, you know, step by step by step, you know, and, like, and, I, and I try to see things, you know, from end to here to here. But, like, Jesus likes to supersede what's in our minds. But the only way that happens is if we give up everything to him. And you know what? I would not have said that we had the capacity to do that, to facilitate crusade. I'm like, we don't know how to do that. We don't have the finances, the infrastructure. We don't have the time. We don't have the manpower. We don't have any, all of the stuff that we need. But he said, do it. And we said, yes, sir. Let's do it. 
And now we're doing it, and it's happening, and it's growing, and, and now it's expanding, and it's like, wow, this is amazing, okay? So how do we apply this to our life? How do you apply it to your life? You go, you know what? There's something bigger than me. Jesus wants me to impact the world around me, maybe not on the mission field, but wherever I'm at, he wants me to love the world, and I need to be light. I need to be salt, right? How do we do this? How do we do this? How do we surrender? It comes from a decision. And also, it comes from focus. It comes from focus. Where is our focus? Where is our heart inclined towards? Where are our eyes fixed? If your goal in life is to be happy and to be prosperous, and that's what you're fixing your eyes on, you're going to head in that direction, right? But if your heart's desire truly is to love God and to give everything up for him and to him, and we keep our eyes fixed on him, and we say, Jesus, whatever you, wherever you go, whatever you want me to do, I will do. You know what? Our heart is going to lead us. Like, we're going to be, we're going to walk in that direction. Amen? Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen? Jesus has a race that is set before us. Every single one of us. And the only way to run that race is if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. It's the only way. The only way. You have a really beautiful countryside around here, right? And if you're driving and you begin to look at something really beautiful, really awesome, maybe even something that God created, right? And you look at it too long, what happens when you're driving? Get off the road. You crash. A lot of time, a lot of people, they wonder why their lives are in shambles, why they're crashed. It's because their eyes aren't fixed on Jesus. I want to encourage you that you are, you're actually designed for total surrender. Whenever you give your life to Jesus, he actually puts in a new nature that desperately longs for this. And even as I'm speaking right now and I'm saying these things, your flesh is going, I don't like that. But your spirit is going, yes, 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 that's what I want. Yes, that's what I need. Yes, that's, that's the secret. That's, that's how we move forward. That's what's... The Holy Spirit that has been poured into your heart is actually going, yes, come on, say yes. Come on, put your eyes on Jesus. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted by the sin. Don't be distracted by all the things that are hindering you. Don't be distracted by your dreams. Don't be distracted by your desires. Don't be distracted by all the things that are going wrong. Keep your eyes fixed on me. It's not complicated. It is difficult. It's hard. 
Because dying to self is painful. Even Jesus said, Lord, Father, take this cup from me. But not my will, but yours be done. It's okay to have struggle. It's okay to not be like, woo, like dancing, you know, in a, in a field of flowers as we're like on our way to the cross, right? It can be hard and it's difficult. Our flesh is screaming, don't die, don't do it. But our spirit says, not my will, but your will be done. And I can't tell you guys what is in your heart that you need to give up. But the Holy Spirit is already probably poking and prodding those things and saying, this is the thing right here. Here's the thing that you need to give up. And it may, and sometimes like we go through this process of dying, you're like, yes, Jacob. Yes, like I've already done that. Yes, I've died and I'm here and look, it's amazing. But do you know what? Life has a tricky way of sliding back in and taking a place of rulership over our hearts. And it may be this small thing that the Lord is like, you know what, you need to, you need to give that up. That right there is, is keeping you from the full life that I have for you. I have called you to do great and wondrous things. Now give it all. Release your hands and say, I surrender everything to you for your glory. Can everybody stand up, please? we all lift our hands and surrender and in your own heart I'm going to pray but I want everybody to pray and, and do business with the Lord right and I want and I want you to personally intimately with the Lord begin to surrender those things that he's highlighting in your life that you know you're supposed to give up that you know that are keeping you from everything that the Lord has for you Holy Spirit, come. Do what only you can do. Reveal, expose, convict. Fill every person in this room with your love. In the mighty name of Jesus, transform all of us, Lord God to become more like you. Help us to walk like you. Help us to talk like you. Help us to think like you. Help us to love like you. Help us to surrender like you. Help us to die like you. Jesus, help us to surrender it all. And Jesus, we say yes. Say it with me. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Whatever you're telling me to do, I say yes. I surrender to you, Jesus. I surrender to you, Lord Jesus, because you are king and you are Lord and you deserve all the glory and you deserve all the honor and you deserve all the majesty and you deserve the obedience of the nations. Jesus, take our eyes off of ourselves. Help us to fix them on you and give us a heart, the heart that you have for the lost. Put it inside of us, Lord. Put it inside of us, Jesus. Help us to burn for what you burn for, Lord. Help us to long for your spirit. Help us to long for our family and our, and our neighbors and our enemies in our region and our town and our cities to come to you, Lord, so that you may be king of Maine, 
so that you may be king of the United States, so that you may be king of North America, so that you may be king of all the earth, Lord. You have taken all authority already. Now send us, Lord Jesus. Send us, Lord Jesus, into the harvest field. Throw us, launch us with violent force into all the world so that your name may be lifted high in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you. God bless you. Before we scoot, let me uh, give you a verse. Just put a kind of a book in on this. This is Luke chapter 9. Because everything you just heard is really, really what Jacob just said is the brass tacks of what it means to follow Jesus. Right? That, that everything, if you're going to walk with Jesus, it comes down to, yes, loving him, but it's really my love is demonstrated and shown by surrender and my obedience. Amen? Let me read this verse to you. It says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, so let, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Somebody say daily. See, it's, it's easy to say yes at the end of a service like this. It's another thing to say yes tomorrow and yes on Tuesday and a yes on Wednesday. And Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow him, we got to have a yes in our heart every day. Amen? And then it says, take up his cross daily and follow him. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. And then it says, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or at loss. says, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and his Father's and of the holy angels. Man, that's uh, it's tough, yeah? That's where it's really at, amen? So Jesus, I bless your people. Lord, just as a church, God, we simply say there's a yes in our heart to everything that you're doing and everything you're saying in this hour, in this time, in this region. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless y'all. Have a great day. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.